Blog Talk Radio. Blessings, blessings, blessings be unto you. We thank and praise God for another day, another opportunity to connect with you in the airwaves. To God be all the glory and all the honor for the wonderful, wonderful works that he is working in each and every one of our lives. I am Elder Coilette James, and you have tuned in to the It's Real Radio talk show with my incredible co-host, this someone that I cannot say enough about because she is so near and dear to my heart. But Miss Tanya Roberts, blessings to you, my sister. How are you this beautiful day? I am so awesome, sis. It's hot. I was telling you earlier, really hot, a lot going on, but we thank God. It's a beautiful day. Amen, 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 amen. Well, any day in my book that God has blessed us to be above ground, okay, to have one more chance, one more opportunity to give him all the glory and the honor is an incredible day. It really is. And, you know, Tanya, you and I, we do this at the beginning of every show. We, we just really, really love to, to encourage our listeners to really, really appreciate the spirit of the living God in their lives because so many people are walking in darkness and especially in this hour in which we live right now. It is so chaotic out there, and you never know really who to listen to if you've not plugged into the spirit of the living God. You are aimlessly walking around, listening to all the chatter that's going on, and there are so many people walking in confusion, sis, you know, with between what the president's saying, what the former president is saying, what the CDC is saying about the pandemic, what many and women of God have put out there to confuse and confound the people about where the time in which we find ourselves. And sis, I don't know about you, but for me, I feel that if I was not totally connected and clearly hearing the voice of God in this hour, I would be so confused. And I'm so glad that God said he is not the God of confusion, aren't you? Amen. Amen. You had you said a whole mouthful with that, one. and I'm gonna tell everybody I have been feeling so disconnected lately. Um, I'm not ashamed to even say it, but I'm gonna tell you this will draw you close to the cross because with everything that's going on, vaccinate, don't vaccinate. People loving people who vaccinate, people don't love people who vaccinate. Everybody has their own opinions. Everybody has something to say about it. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Even though you're vaccinated, should I still wear a mask? You know what I'm saying? I don't know who's vaccinated. I don't this. I don't know that. How's the president? What do you think he's doing? Trump's still in the midst of it all. I hear that daily. And it, it can be so, whoo, what can I say, so just overwhelming and confusing. Yeah. It's unreal. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it. <laughs> 
even and and this is this is the scary part as far as I'm concerned. Even the saints of God are confused at this time, you know, because they're like, well, which way do I go? How do I handle it? I'm trusting God um, that I won't get the the virus, but should I get vaccinated? Like you said, do I do I not? You know, and there there's so again there's so many voices out there. But our topic today. Our topic today is something that um, this morning I was just listening to the voice of God, and he said, beyond the chatter, beyond the chatter, hearing the voice of God. We've got to get beyond the chatter. We've got to get beyond all the different voices that we are allowing to speak into our lives and get to that place of, you know what, Father? I'm listening for your voice and your voice alone. I don't care what, who is saying, I need to hear from you. And and for me, for myself, even um, when it came to will I get vaccinated, will I not, I kept saying I'm not getting vaccinated. But I was pushing others to get vaccinated. And, and here was my thing. It was like I was not anti-vaccine. I, I've never been anti-vaccine in in that respect. It's like, you know, I got my little scar on my left arm, like most of the people in my generation where you got your polio vaccination and you got whatever, whatever all the vaccinations they were giving you back in the day. Um, and it was a good thing. It was a good thing. But then all of a sudden there came a time where it seemed like the country went vaccination crazy. And so all of a sudden now you want to vaccinate all these little girls for their cervix and you want to vaccinate, you know what I'm saying, against this thing and that thing. And it just kind of got to be a bit much. And then I remember um, at 18, 19 years old, I think I was 18 at the time, yeah, because I was in beauty school. And they had just come out, like, with the flu vaccine. And my mother was sick, and both of my children were sick, and, and everybody in my, my school, you know, people were getting sick, and it was a really bad thing about this flu, right? This was, like, when I graduated 74. So this was, like, 75, 76. And, and it was just, like, a really, really crazy time. And so my mother was like, you know, you need to go get this flu vaccine, because, you know, I'm trying to take care of her, I'm trying to take care of my children and trying to stay in school all at the same time, and it was like flu was all around me. So I'm listening to my mother, right? I Okay. And I went and I got the shot at 10 o'clock that morning, 1 o'clock that afternoon, I had a temperature of 105, and I was sick as a dog. So needless to say, that was the last time I ever got a flu shot, and I'll be 65 this year. Never got another one. But when this vaccine came out for for COVID, I was like really skeptical because when I went back to the doctor back then, he told me that my system had a natural immunity against the flu, and whatever was in that flu shot at that time, it tore down my natural immunity, and what they injected with me me with attacked my system. So I'm thinking in my mind, just because of what happened back then, I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> trying to do this vaccine, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I still have this natural immunity, and I'm not doing this. And let me tell you, my brother, my biological brother spoke something to me because he was like, we were talking because we're all getting together in July for the first time to meet each other face-to-face, him and our our other half-sister. Like, we're half-brother and sister. We have the same father. And then this year, I've also, as you guys know, I've testified to that, found out who my biological mother was. And and so I have a biological half brother on that side. So we're all meeting in Oakland, right? And my brother was like, my, my, the one I bonded with, Neil, he was just like, sis, he's like, you know, please just really pray and ask God about the vaccine. Cause I was telling him the same thing. I'm not going there. It's <laughs> like, hey, I'm cool. But you know what? When he said that, it connected with my spirit. It was like, because I hadn't prayed. I hadn't asked God's counsel on it. I was just going on what happened before. And so, you know, in my mind, I'm hearing Coilette's voice saying, I'm not doing that. But he said, sis, really pray. And I was like, you know what, I will do that. I promise you, I will do that. I will consult God about it. And I did. And when I prayed about it, I got peace about it. And the Lord was like, you will not have a reaction to it. You'll be fine. And I'm like, "Mm, okay. I mean, I actually, I heard the voice of God. 
saying you will be fine. You will not have a reaction. And so it was like, okay. And, and it's like so often we hear, we hear our own voice, we hear the voice of others, but we have to discern when from that place of God. That it's not just idle chatter. It's not just, you know, saying something just to be saying it. And because I know my, my brother is a man of God, we're both elders in our respective churches and what have you. And when we connect with each other, when we talk, it is always like the spirit of God is just so prevalent in our conversations. And it's amazing. It is really amazing the bond that we have, have had and we've, we've created with each other in just a year. It's like we've known each other literally all of our lives, and we have so much in common. But anyway, um, I heard the voice of God. And then, so when he got his vaccination, he sent me um, a little screenshot. He messaged me and showed me his little vaccination card. And I'm like, okay, that's good. (laughs) That's nice. And his family, you know, he was telling me his family was going to be fully vaccinated once his son got got finished with his. And so I said, well, that's good. So you're halfway there. And he came back and he said, no, I'm one and done. I did Johnson & Johnson. I was like, okay. So I'm like I said, as I'm praying about this and I got peace and I hear from God, and then the thing happened with Johnson and Johnson. I'm like, oh, see, you know. So then there was pause because that's what I was in my mind. I finally figured out I'm gonna do one and done. But then again, I had to pray again, and and I had to do my research, and I had to read and hear and listen. And it was like, you know, it was affecting. It was like. 13 women that, you know, had developed these blood clots, the majority of them were all under 45 years old, and out of 7 million people that had gotten the vaccination, it was only 13 women that they were, they were documenting. And it started off with just seven, and then it went up to 13. And so when they came back out with, you know, it is safe to do Johnson Johnson, I'm like, well, I am well over 45, and I promise you guys, I went, I did it, I had no reaction. I was And so I'm glad I listened to the voice of God. I'm saying this and I'm sharing this just to say in that respect, as far as will I get vaccinated, will I not get vaccinated, hear the voice of God. God may lead you to say no. You don't need it, don't do it. But then again, he may be giving you the peace to say, no, you will be fine, go ahead. So hear the voice of God. There were so many prominent evangelicals that were out there that was perpetrating the same line, I'm going to put it on out here like it was, um, and, and partly may still be, that they were saying, you know, that the, the election was stolen. So you're hearing things like that, and you're believing that lie, you know, when there's not a court in the land that has sustained that lie. We, we, we know our judicial system is flawed, but did you hear from God? You know, even though there there could be prominent people to say things, they're not always speaking with the voice of God. So you got to make sure that you are hearing the voice of God for yourself. You have to get beyond the chatter. Now, I thank and praise God that I have a man and a woman of God that stay in his presence. So they're mindful and they're praying to hear the voice of God. You've got to be able to discern when you hear things. And I and we're, I'm not I'm not just trying to make this show about um, COVID or about the election or anything like that. It is really, really all I'm using those things as an example to know you've got to hear from God for yourself. I thank and praise God for my man and woman of God that are my spiritual parents that will encourage you every step of the way. Here's what God is speaking to me, but you need to consult God for yourself. Make sure that what you're hearing me say is what God is saying. Okay, you've got to make sure that there's not a stranger that has creeped into your sheep pen and you're listening to not the shepherd's voice but the stranger's voice because I promise you, the more time you spend with God, the more intimate time you're in his presence, the more you will know his voice. It is so vitally important that we are listening to God 
and reading his word, spending time in his presence and reading his word. It goes hand in hand. It's like prayer and fasting. Yes, I'm praying, but God, I'm seeking your word. I may be asking your guidance on something, but I'm going to take the time to sit before you and hear from you. When I fast while I pray, it's not that I'm fasting to give up anything other than me to you. I want to make sure that I'm emptying out of myself so I can clearly hear from you. Do you not know that that you can fast from many different things? I would advise anybody, if you're in a deep time of consecration, that you are fasting television, that you are fasting the news, that you are fasting all these different voices that you give ear to as well as if you have your lead to fast of foods and different things like that. But it is very, very important that you fast all those mediums that you're allowing to speak into your heart and into your ear so that you can clearly hear from God. I just, I just finished a few moments ago my television broadcast for this week, and one of the things that God gave me in the midst of, of, of sharing with it was the fact that some of the voices that will come to you are those familiar spirits that knew you back in the day. And so they will come at you with familiar things. And, and as I was speaking it, I thought to myself, it was like, okay, well, God, that if I'm used to hearing those voices, how am I going to discern that it is not your voice because it's a familiar voice to me? And what God gave me in that moment was when you gave your life to Christ, you became a new creature in him. All things became new. So what was familiar back in the day, back in the world, is no longer familiar to you anymore because you are now a new creature in Christ. So that old voice now is a stranger's voice. It is not a familiar voice to you. And you need to make sure that you're discerning that this is a stranger's voice. I want to read to you out of John, the 10th chapter, and I want to read the first through the fifth verse. I'm reading it out of the the Passion Translation because I want you to connect with what I'm saying right now so that you're able to discern the old familiar spirits that that used to play with you. you Because remember, we played patty cake with the devil when we was out there with the, in the world. So these old familiar spirits that you used to play with back in the day versus that old familiar voice that is still with you, which is your own voice, so you can discern the difference between your voice and God's voice and understand that a stranger's voice you're not going to listen to. It's going, you're going to pray over yourself and over your children and over your loved ones that those old familiar voices become nothing but chatter. We're getting beyond the chatter. But if it becomes just blah, 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 it will not make sense to you. Confound and confuse the voice of the enemy so it does no longer make sense to you and you can discern it. The more real time, the more passion that you put in spending time with God, the clearer his voice becomes because you are intimate with him. Those that know their God will do great exploits because of that intimacy with him. You will know your father's voice in a stranger's voice you will not follow. I'm sorry. Here's the scripture. John, St. John 10, I'm out of the Passion Translation, the first through the fifth verse. And this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. Jesus said to the Pharisees, listen to this eternal truth. The person who sneaks over the wall to enter into the sheep pen rather than coming through the gate reveals himself as a thief coming to steal. But the true shepherd walks right up to the gate, and because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate and lets him in. And the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd, for he calls his own by name and leads him out, for they belong to him. And when he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them, and they will follow him, for they are familiar with his voice. 
but they will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. Now think about this. A person who sneaks over the wall to enter into the sheep pen rather than to come through the gate reveals himself as a thief coming to steal. Think about that. They didn't walk straight up to the gatekeeper because the gatekeeper would instantly know that this is not the true shepherd. Why? Who is the gatekeeper? Who is the gatekeeper of your heart? Who is the gatekeeper of your mind? It's supposed to be the Holy Spirit. You should have invited the Holy Spirit in to reside with you and to be your gatekeeper over your mind. So the thoughts that are trying to bombard your mind, the gatekeeper will know these are not the thoughts of God, and the gatekeeper will shut it down. The gatekeeper will allow you and remind you, bring all things about God to your remembrance. That's what Christ said about the Holy Spirit. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I've got to go so that the comforter can come. The comforter is the Holy Spirit of God. And the same way you invited Christ into your life, into your heart, you've got to do the same with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, you give him permission. You give him the right to be the gatekeeper of your heart because as a mind thinketh, a man thinketh, I'm sorry, so is he. So you want the Holy Spirit to be the gatekeeper of your mind and be the gatekeeper of your heart. And as you allow him to do that, then he will know and shut it down when when that, that stranger comes and tries to sneak in over the wall of your heart, over the wall of your mind. I can't tell you how many times thoughts have invaded my, my psyche about what I should say about to a person, what I should do to a person. And I know those thoughts come from those familiar spirits, even from my own familiarity of who I used to be, to say, you know, you need to say X, Y, Z. You need to do this, this, that, and the other, because that's what's familiar. But because I put the gatekeeper as a guard over my mind and over my heart, when those thoughts come, I just immediately go up and praise because I can't think evil thoughts and praise God at the same time. It does not work. So I will begin to praise God, and I will make sure that the gatekeeper has the ability to shut down those evil um, invasions into my mind and into my heart. You've got to be on your post and allow the Holy Spirit to be that God if you want to clearly hear from God. You do not want to be those ones that have itching ears and they just can't wait to get into the presence of that one that will speak things to them that make their, their flesh leap. You want to ask, um, who is it? Um, oh, shoot. I can't think of the young man, but he has a radio broadcast, and he's always saying he feels something down in his shanana. That's where you want. That's where you want to feel the, the voice of God, down in your spirit. You don't want your flesh to leap. You want your spirit to leap. But that won't happen if you're not spending that intimate time with the Father, if you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to be that gatekeeper for you, if you are not allowing the Spirit of the living God to govern you. You won't be able to discern the voice of God if you're not intimate with God, if you've not spent that quality time with him. Now, we all get to a place to what you just said, Tanya, that, you know, there's a disconnect. We've all walked in those times of disconnect. There's just so much going on, and we've allowed so much to come into our lives to get us off focus and off kilter. And the enemy knows exactly what to bring your way. If he can't get to you directly, then he'll get your focus off with your children. He'll get your focus off with your family, those that you love. Because you know, think about it. Somebody that you don't care nothing about, they can't steal your focus because you won't let them. But those that you love, those that are closest to you, those you will allow to come in and get you distracted. 
but you, you've got to make sure that you've got the Holy Spirit watching post, standing guard against these things so that you don't walk in what you would normally walk in, that discontentment, that discouragement. That saying, I I can't hear from God. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, you can. Invite him in. Spend that time with him. Listen, I walked through, when, when I got my divorce, God was silent in my life, I promise you. But why was he silent right then? And I cried and I cried and I cried. And, Lord, I need to talk to you. I need to hear from you, yada, 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 yada. But why was he silent? Because he had already spoken. He had already told me what was to be, and I was trying to walk in my flesh, and I wanted his agreement with my flesh, and he was not going to do it. He was not going to do it, and I thank and praise him that he wouldn't. When the time was appropriate and he was ready to lead me and to tell me what I needed to do in my next move, he spoke up loud and clear. And I tried to ignore him, and he would not let me. He would not let me ignore him. So let me tell you, avail yourself to the presence of God. Avail yourself to the things of God. We are about to, as, as a, a church family, go into a time of consecration for the whole month of June. I'm going to do a shut-in that second week of June because we need the, the guidance of God. There's three things that pastor has us of concentrating on during that time of concentration. It's the wisdom of God, the favor of God, and the provision of God. Without the wisdom of God, there should be no favor or provision because we have got to know God. We've got to have his wisdom so that we properly utilize his favor and properly um, utilize his provision. So it's really, really important that we discern the spirit of the living God in our lives and that we hear him. Why is it so important to spend that time with him in the word and just sitting in his presence? Again, remember I said you need both. You, you can't just read the word and like I'm going to read two or three chapters a day to get through the, the Bible in a year and not spend quality time just sitting in his presence or allowing in your study of the word, not just reading the word, but allowing the Holy Spirit who is there to teach you all spiritual truths to speak to you. In the midst of your reading the words, it is vital that you have both. You need to read the word to understand so you you understand how God communicates with you. And God will give you the strategies that you need to pray. But you need the presence of God coupled with that so that you're sitting in his presence and he's teaching you his word. You're not just reading it. It's not just vain repetition. But he's teaching you in the midst of it. You need to be taught. I, I liken sitting in the presence of God and knowing his voice in the same manner that they deal with counterfeit money. It's the same thing. You know the counterfeit because you spent so much time with the real. That's what's important with being in the presence of God. You spent so much time in his presence, you know his voice. And so as strangers, you will not follow very, very important that we get that in our spirits, that we're not like our ancestors that had to wander in the wilderness for 40 days, I'm sorry, for 40 years, and then still could not enter into the rest of God. I'm going to read you one more scripture, and then, um, Tanya, I'm going to turn it over to you. But Hebrews 3, out of the Passion, and I want to read the 7th through the 11th verse. And it says, this is why the Holy Spirit says, if only you would listen to his voice, this don't make him angry by hardening your hearts like your ancestors did during the days of their rebellion when they were tested in the wilderness. There your fathers tested me and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. They still doubted me. This 
ignited my anger with that generation. And I said about them, they wander in their hearts just like they do with their feet, and they refuse to learn my ways. My heart grieved, so over them I decreed they will not enter my rest. Now, that's a reminder of what God did in the Old Testament, and he reminded us of it in the New Testament. So don't get so caught up because you're thinking you're in the the dispensation of grace. This is the dispensation of Christ that God can't get angry and grieved again. He told us this to remind us to not let it be said about us that was said of our ancestors. So it is vitally, vitally important that we are spending that time with the Lord, that we're listening for his voice, that we're hearing his voice, and that a stranger's voice we are not following. Now, you know your father's voice. I know when it is, it's never a suggestion when God speaks to us. When he tells you something to do, he's not suggesting that you do it. It is a commandment because he is the king. But there are times where he'll give that command in a soft, fatherly voice. And then there's those times when there is that stern father because you are ignoring the soft, affectionate voice of God. And he becomes that father that usurps his authority over you. And that command comes out in a command tone so that you're not mistaken that, okay, this is daddy and I, I got to do what he's saying, do. It is vitally, vitally important that we anger not the God, not God, in our disobedience, but that we are clearly, clearly poised and listening with an attentive ear to what he is saying to us. And if you feel he's not talking at this moment, then what's the last thing he told you? You stand on that. And you walk in that because he's not one to repeat himself all the time. There are times when he has told you, you know what he said, and he's just sitting back. Are you going to be obedient to me or not? Because the choice is yours. But for every choice, there is a consequence. So hear ye the voice of the Lord. Amen. I've said a lot, sis, so I'm going to let you jump in and, and share. Wow, I'm going to tell you something. I'm learning from the lesson that you're teaching right now. I need to spend more time with the Lord. I need to hear his voice even clearer in these times because it's so much. Sometimes we shut ourselves in a house or try not to go on social media or different things like that just to get away from it. But we keep running from, Mm -hmm. from that and running from God at the same time. I, too, chose to be vaccinated. My husband was vaccinated, and I got to thinking about it, and I, I was back and forth as well with my soul. Then I thought about my family being far away and what would happen and different things like that. So that's the reason why I chose. I'm saying to everybody, it's the, it's the truth. I keep hearing the Lord say over and over again, there's only one voice, and how can we hear it? Again, I heard a man tell me a long time ago, you can make, you can leave many souls to Lord to God to go to heaven, but you can die and go to hell too. I remember mm-hmm. telling you that. And it is your choice. So it, it is absolutely your it choice. Is, it is a choice, you guys. It really is. So mm-hmm. um, I'll be you right now, and I'm I'm asking that you guys pray for me as well because I know it's time for fasting and praying for me. It's time to live and not die. This is not a time. Mm-hmm. That's what the enemy wants us to do is throw up our hands and just give up completely and say that there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing more and more about young kids committing suicide and leaving here. Yeah. Just different things. And I'm telling you guys, I'm holding, I, I, I'm fighting because I never was materialistic before and I find myself saying, am I materialist? Because there's certain things that you desire. So, I want you to continue to talk to us and see the children of God right now because they need to be fed. Right now, I need to be fed. It's a lesson to be learned in everything. Please hear the voice of God when the Holy Spirit speaks in this time and this hour. 
we don't realize sometimes that we're attached more than what we know that we are to things. And I don't just mean materialistic things, cars, houses, money, possessions, relationships. We can go on. But we need to hear. Because when the Lord is speaking in this hour, I'm telling you guys, look how fast we're already into this year. June will be six months in. And we know after that, it'll roll downhill. I believe that God is going to lead yeah. us where to go and how to, to be in his hiding place. And groceries are going mm-hmm. up. I'm in the business. I'm here to tell you guys, it's, they're going up. And I mean daily. Not mm-hmm. monthly, not yearly, daily. And to keep it like yeah. Eating, maybe this is the time of fasting and consecration so we can deny our flesh from the things that we're so used to yeah. spending money on that would be even more critical in these times. I'm asking God that I don't miss the mark this time. I'm asking everybody to pray for me because I need help. Because I struggle. So right now, sis, I'm really going to turn the floor back over to you and I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in this time because this is important. This is very important. And I don't know about anybody else. I don't want to miss the mark. And I don't want anybody to miss it. But unfortunately, what's so sad about it is we all can't go. Because will we be when the woman left out of the land of Sodom and she looks back and we turn into a pillar of salt? Because that's where our heart is. You don't want to miss the mark. So I love you, beautiful. Go ahead. And I'm turning it over to you. And please speak because we need to hear. You know, just as you just said, you know, everybody has times of struggle. You know, even like I said, I mean, I've been in those places where God was just silent. Um, And he, he, but, but one of the things that I love about God is he deals with each of us according to the level of our faith and our belief. Okay. He knows the level of our maturity in him. He would not not speak or talk to a babe in Christ that is just learning. He would not do that because he, he recognizes and understands the importance, okay, of being trained. The word even teaches us in the natural as parents to train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. So God is likewise just like that. And I think that's what really stunned me so bad when I walked through that quiet time with the Lord. Because it was just like, you know, as a babe, I had, I, whenever, you know, I was in the presence of God or I would press in or whatever, it was like he was just right there and we had these phenomenal conversations and you know, um, and, and, and he was training me and getting me to a place of faith and trust to know him, to know when he spoke, to know, you know, what, what was at stake, to know, um, just to know him. Seriously. I can remember probably, it might have even been within the first year I got saved. I'm serious. It was close. It was close to when I first got saved that I got introduced, and I've shared this before, to Benny Benny Hinn's book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And I'll never forget, I was in Atlantic City when I read this book. I was there working a fight. And the more I read this book, the more my heart leaped in the fact of how intimate we could be with the Lord, that we could wake up every morning saying, good morning, Holy Spirit, good morning, Father, good morning, Jesus. We could have that place of relationship with them that it was as tangible and as real as waking up saying good morning to my husband. And this was really, really phenomenal to learn and to know, okay? Um, I got filled with the Holy Spirit two months after, um, I don't even know if it was a full, yeah, I got saved in September and got filled with the Holy Ghost in December um, because there was a devastation going on in my life. Um, And it, it was like, Father, I need you to show up like right now because my heart is hurting, physically hurting, and I can't do this um, with, of my own. But it was that place of surrender to him 
and went to a, this is funny, but I went to a Hezekiah Walker concert, I'll never forget, and it was me and Pastor Seneca. Um, and I said to her, and I've, I've given, I don't know if I've given this testimony on the show, but this is, this is so real, this is so real, that we were on our way um, to the concert, and I was, I was dressed in this black leather skirt and this green and black leather blouse. I'll never forget, seriously. And the skirt was very tight and whatever, and I was dressed to find an M-A-N, right, because there had been a breakup in my life, like as soon as I got saved, and I was just devastated by this breakup and what have you. And I said to her, and this was before she was Pastor Seneca, like I said, this was when this is just my sister, right, my sister in the Lord. And I said to her that I was going that night to go find me a man. And I said, but at least I'm doing it in church, <laughs> Okay, because for me, now remember, I'm a babe in Christ. And so for me, like out in the world, it was like, you know, the easiest way to get beyond one is to get another one. And normally I had several of them on the side anyway. So, you know, it wasn't no big deal. So I was reverting back to what was the norm for me, even though, you know, I was trying to put a, a, a godly spin and twist on it, right? And. She kind of looked at me a little weird, but, you know, I'm like, but at least I'm doing, I'm going to church to find one, right? I'm not going back out to the club, whatever, whatever. And that night, I promise you, I had prayed, this was a Saturday night, and I had prayed Thursday, but Thursday before, I had told the Lord, because I physically felt my heart hurt, and I was like, I, I can't do this. You know, you need to take this from me, and that was when I, like, just surrendered. And... I remember Hezekiah was, he was singing, and then he gave an altar call for prayer. And I remember I was sitting and I was talking to someone that was sitting next to me, and in the middle of the conversation, all I heard was prayer. Uh, That's all I heard him say. And I looked at this person, and I said, did he say prayer? And she stopped, and she looked at me, and she said, yeah, I think so. And it was almost like I was catapulted up to that altar, seriously. I mean, I was up and at that altar so quick, I don't even remember walking up there, (laughs) okay? But I remember standing there with my hands up in the air, and Hezekiah was walking and praying, and he walked over to me and took hold to my hand. My eyes were closed, but he took hold to my hand, and I opened my eyes, and I looked. And he said, the Lord said he has heard your cry and answered your prayer. And it was like, I, I don't, when I, the, the next thing I remember, I was on the floor coming to. I mean, I was literally slain in the spirit and filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, and it was, it was amazing how I looked at the situation. When I got up off that floor, I, I had a whole different feeling and look at, at the situation. It, it was not the same. But I hear, I, I promise you, from that moment forward, as a babe in Christ, I could just press into the spirit on a moment's notice. It was just like I was there. I was just in his presence and what have you because I was a babe, and he was teaching me how to trust him, how to learn what he was speaking to me, how to give ear um, to his voice, how to ignite my faith. The fact that this man who um, I had never met before, I know he didn't know what I had prayed two nights prior to that, you know, could walk to me and say, God heard my cry. Now he heard my prayer because when I cried out to him that Thursday, I was in, in excruciating pain. I literally cried out to him, you've got to take this away from me. And he walked over and said, God heard your cry and answered your prayer. So there were years of that, that intimate walk with God before I got to that place of silence. But so that's why I'm I'm sharing this to say that if you are a babe in the Lord, know that God is with you. He will not take you into a place of silence until you've learned that intimate place with him, until you can recognize the difference. If I had not been in those intimate places with God to where I walked with him and he took me through trial after trial, test after test, 
you know, traumatic experience after traumatic experience to know him, to build my faith up in him, to know that he really was telling the truth. He would not leave me nor forsake me. If I've not walked in those places with him, then my faith would not been at a place of, okay, I don't feel you, I don't hear you. It started with I don't hear you because you're not talking. And then because of my rebellion, because when he did speak and told me and gave me the directive, I ignored the directive and did what I wanted to do anyway. Then there was that place of I don't feel you. But it was my lesson that I learned in the midst of being rebellious. And, And so he didn't have to worry about me rebelling in that manner ever again since that period of time. Because it was like, oh, no, mm-mm. nothing out there, nothing is worth me not feeling the presence of God, not hearing the voice of God. So God will take you to, to different levels in him. So I just, I, and I felt like I needed to put that out there because if there are some babes in Christ hearing this, I don't want you to believe and to feel that God would just not talk to you just out of the blue. That's not true. That's not the God we serve. He is a father first. He is our Father God first, and he is a loving father, a very loving father. So you got to understand that. You got to understand the God in whom you serve. If you've gotten to a place of maturity in him and you're not hearing him after being very comfortable and and, and knowing his presence and his voice, then it's time to say, okay, Lord, what is going on? And how do I get myself straight? Nine times out of 10, probably 10 out of 10, I would imagine, you already know what he has already told you to do that you have not walked in, that you've not been obedient to. You already know what you need to do to rectify the situation. Because God, again, he is not that one that would just leave his baby floundering. You would not take your infant and put it in the middle of the street in his carrier and say, okay, now find your way to the curb because the baby can't even stand up. All the baby can do is lay there and cry. So what would make you think that God would do that to you? He's not that kind of God. And I just I just feel like I needed to put that out there. But according to your faith, so be it unto you. According to how you have spent time with God. And, and here's something else, okay? So we're talking about getting beyond the chatter and hearing the voice of God. If God has been speaking to you and you have been ignoring him, would you keep talking to somebody that's ignoring you when you speak? that is not attuned or paying attention to you, there's many marriages that have broken up because one or the other person is not in tune with that other person. The person is trying to talk. The person is trying to explain their feelings. The person is trying to, to communicate, and you're not listening. You're in your own world. You're doing your own thing. Well, remember, we're in a relationship with God. So if he is communicating with you and you are ignoring him, why would he continue to communicate and you're not listening? I mean, we got to just put everything out here so that you understand who God is and how he operates, which is why it's important to be in his word. He's not mean. He's not uncaring. He's a loving Father, who is very, 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 very conscientious of his children. He knows how to reach each and every one of us. How he would reach Tanya is totally different than how he would reach me. What he and how he would talk to Tanya would probably be different than how he would speak to me because he meets each and every one of us two places at the place of our maturity, and at the place of our intimacy. He's going to reach you at the place of your maturity and at the place of your intimacy. Now, 
I remember years ago, my pastor told me once that um, God, I was literally, I was literally existing on my past prayers, okay? I had went through so much, um, and this was years into my walk with the Lord. This wasn't as a babe, but, you know, and God had been faithful. Trust me, he had always been faithful, but sometimes we just get battle-weary. We get battle-weary, and it's like, ugh. I just, I'm just too tired to fight. I'm just too tired to engage right now. And you know, as loving as God is in the midst of that, he's still fighting your battle for you. But I was in one of those places and it was just, I was just really, I was battle fatigued because it was battle after battle after battle. And my pastor told me, he said, God told me to tell you that your prior prayers, are getting you through right now. So even though I was too tired and weary to fight at that point in time, I had laid enough timber, I had prayed enough, I had warred enough that they were still carrying me, those prayers that I had put out there. It wasn't that God was silent during that time. It was just that I was just, just fatigued. But I'm saying this to say why it is so important to to seek rain in the time of rain, seek peace in the time of peace, to continue in the, the directives that God will give you, even though it may seem that everything is all right right now. But if he takes you to a place of warfare, you continue to war. If he takes you to a place of worship, you make sure that you worship to the nth degree that you are able to. You've got to recognize that the only way you get beyond the chatter is that you are so connected to him that the chatter does not phase you. Let me tell you, there's always going to be somebody that's got something to say about you. There's always going to be naysayers that can tell you what you can't accomplish. There's always going to be the Pharisees and the Sadducees that are accusing you of heresy. They're accusing you of all manner of things because what your stand is in God does not, it, it, it far succeeds what they're standing in. And it's not a place to boast you up or to have you proudful in your place in God, it is to let you know that you don't take down for nobody. Even though they don't understand you, your family doesn't understand you, your loved ones don't understand you, they, they've shied away from you, and you are despondent because they're not backing you up. They don't have your back. If they don't have your back, don't worry about it. As long as God has your back, that's all that matters, all that matters is that God's got you. God's got you. And you've got to get to that place of knowing that you know that you know that no matter what else is going on, God has you. He's got you. He loves you. He's covering you. He's protecting you. He's providing for you. Whatever it is that you need at any given time, you know God has you. He's got you. Got you. So stand firm in your conviction in him. Stand firm in the place that he's elevated you to. Stand firm in your warfare. If you're a mother going through something with your children, Stand firm in the word of God that says that me and my whole household shall be saved. If you're a wife or a husband that's going through with your spouse, stand firm in the, in the word of God that you will cover them. You will speak blessings over them. My husband and I divorced, and I still kept a paper in my Bible that the Lord had had me write out that Carlton Robert James was a mighty man of God, and he was being led by the spirit of the living God. He had me write it out, anoint the paper. Now, y'all think I'm crazy if you want to. Anoint the paper, 
put it in my Bible and can continue to pray over it. I didn't want nothing to do with that man, but do you know I continue to pray over that? I continue to pray over that declaration. It wasn't so much praying over the paper, but I I, I prayed over the declaration that God gave me for his life. Because whether I wanted the man or not, I know that was a soul. I knew that God had mighty things in store for him. And so I continue to pray over that. That paper stayed in my Bible for years. It, I put it in there when we were together in the first marriage, and things were so ugly between us. And that was when God originally had me to do it. The whole time we were divorced, that paper stayed in my Bible, and I still continue to pray over it. We remarried. That paper was in my Bible. And then all of a sudden one day I, I went to thumb through my Bible, and the paper was gone. I don't know when it left, when it fell out, it was gone. But if I tell you when that point happened, my husband was serving God. My husband was a man of God. He was no longer just a good man. He was a man of God. I'm sharing this to say don't don't forsake the, the directions that God will give you just because of your circumstances. If he has spoken something to you, stand firm on what he spoke to you. If he spoke something about your children, he spoke something about your mate, he spoke something about your job, he spoke something about your coworker, he spoke something about your future. Whatever God has said, you stand flat foot and stand on it and continue to decree it, continue to declare that it is so. It is the will of God for you to prosper in the things of God. You have whatever you ask for within his will. How do you know what his will is? His word is his will. His will is his word. So you stand on the word of God, both written and spoken. One of the things pastor has drilled into us, if you read what is written, you will hear what is spoken. So it is vital. If you have not spent as much intimate time with the Lord as you used to, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up about it. We've all been there. I'm there right now. But it doesn't stop him from talking to me. It doesn't stop him from speaking through me. It doesn't stop him from using me. And so I am eternally grateful. I'm eternally grateful that even in the midst of my shortcomings, I'm still available to God. I'm still able to be used of God. God is still able to do in me and through me what he desires to do. So that's why I'm saying stop beating yourself up. Stop feeling, you know, despondent because, oh, I'm not doing what I used to do with the Lord. I'm not spending. That's okay. Just start over. Not not literally starting over, but just start again. Just press back into his presence. Just carve out that time to be with him. But in the midst of it, do not allow the enemy to reap and heap on you discouragement and despondence because you weren't, you're not doing what you used to do for God or in God or with God. Don't do that. You keep pressing on through. I tell you this past year and a half, I have walked through some things in my personal life that's between me and Jesus. But in the midst of that, every time the enemy tried to shut me up or sit me down, not so, because I am still a pliable vessel in God's hands. He knows the path I take. He knows my heart is his. I may not get it right all the time. I may not do it exactly perfect every time. But he knows who I am. He knows my name. Didn't we read that earlier, that God knows your name? He calls you by your name. He addresses you personally. And he can still use you. So don't ever think you're not usable in God's hands. The voice of God is yet there for you. Just continue to press into his presence. Continue to read his word. I promise you will hear his voice. So we got 
about a minute and a half left. So, sis, pray for the people. First, we should never get off the show with asking people to ask Christ and invite him into your heart right now. And I believe that if you believe that he is the son of God and you repent of the things you've done, we're not perfect. I struggle, you guys. I'm glad I'm on the show to tell you that I can struggle daily, that he will forgive you of your sins and your trespass. Repeat after me. Forgive me for all my sins. I fall short so many times, but I love you, and I invite you into my heart and into my life. Take control over the secrecies and the idiot things that I struggle with daily, that you may be first, that I may hear from you. I love you guys, and I promise you invite them into your heart daily. It's a daily walk. Go up to the altar daily. It's a daily prayer life. And then when you invite him, I'm not telling you everything is going to be perfect overnight, and it is a walk with him. But I promise you it's worth it. I love you guys, and I pray that you be blessed. And so thank you so much for the wisdom and the knowledge and your true testimony because I know her to you guys by heart. What she's saying is true. We tell you this because we want you to be converted, not just feeling good, but being converted into Christ. In Jesus' mm-hmm. name we pray. I love you guys. Be blessed. Amen. 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 Thank you, sis. Love you guys. And Lord willing, same God channel, same God time. Until same God again, time. God bless. Love you. Love you, sis. Love you, too. Let's keep it real.